0: All right, well, those of you, um, as Sue said, if you are staying in here to talk about worship, I'll just say this. I've got mixed feelings because I've been a part of that class the last couple weeks, and it's been awesome. So I feel like, I don't know, there's got to be a way. I think they've got some teachings that they can share. But anyways, my name is Jen, and um, it is an honor to get to share tonight. And as Rob said, pastor said, hey, will the two of you talk about worship And, um, of course, we're so excited and honored to get to share about that. But, man, when it comes to worship, there's so much that you could talk about. There's so much that you could share when it comes to worship. And so um, after Rob and I were kind of going back and forth, I couldn't help but just be reminded, if you were at Princess Warrior recently... Um, for the, the women who attended, the men who served, if you remember, Hannah was preaching a message and she talked about different weapons that we have. And she talked about how we have the weapon of obedience, we have the weapon of waiting, and she talked about the weapon of worship. And what a powerful message that was, but just the reality that worship is really a tool, a spiritual discipline, something that we can use as believers in our lives to take ground, amen? Amen. It is a way to live the transformed, surrendered life that we are called to live as believers and worship along with other spiritual disciplines such as prayer, reading the word. It is a vital and powerful weapon um, that can be used because we're living in a world that is not our home. Amen? (laughs) We're living in a world where if we are living for Christ, we are constantly uncomfortable we are constantly feeling that tension and that pull, and so we need weapons. We need spiritual weapons to equip us for the life that the Lord has called us to live as we live on this earth, and so to open up tonight, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. As we are battling, having spiritual battles in our lives, we need spiritual weapons, and we want them to be effective.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. What Jen said, worship being a lifestyle. You know, so what we're going to be talking about specifically tonight is worship in song. Okay, we know that there's all different ways that you can worship the Lord with your offering, with prayer. uh, You know, so what we want to talk about specifically tonight is worship in song. Okay, so I uh, just thinking of the word weapon. I I looked it up as a definition. You know, we know what weapons are. Well, there's a number of different definitions, and the one that is interesting it says it's a means of gaining an advantage. Or defending oneself, isn't that interesting? Defending oneself. In our journey of faith through life, we need a weapon that will give us that advantage and a defense. Amen? So we need that because life is a journey. And across that journey, we need something to help us. So specifically what we're talking about today is the weapon of worship. Amen? So advantage. Advantage over what? Advantage over what? Over the enemy, right? Over the darkness, over our flesh, right? Over fear, over doubt, amen? Over the temptation to give in and give up hope from living the life of a fully committed believer. So we want to overcome that. Now, we need, to de- we need a weapon to defend ourselves to protect our, what, our mind, Right? to guard us in times of difficulty. We all have difficulty. We all have trials. We all have struggles. We need a weapon to defend ourselves in times of waiting. Anybody here waiting on a promise from the Lord? Yeah, raise your hands. Yeah, there's lots of people waiting for a promise. So we need that weapon to defend ourselves in seasons we find ourselves in a valley or in a desert or in the wilderness. We need to defend our spirit from being overcome. Amen? Now listen to this. A warrior in battle needs weapons. A warrior. We just had Princess Warrior, right? (laughs) Who was that Princess Warrior? Yeah, awesome. Well, we need a weapon for offense, right? The offense. And what are some weapons? I've got a list here of some weapons. (laughs) Edged or bladed weapons. What is that? Like a sword? A knife? (laughs) Hand and fist. Come on now. We've got any boxers in the house, any fighters, MMA, not me, uh, picks and pickaxes, blunt weapons, spears, ranged weapons for throwing like slings, bows, and just flexible weapons in general. So what did David use? He used the sling. Yeah. Boom. So defensive weapons. I thought immediately of the shield and the armor to defend yourself, you know, so defend yourself to block strikes and missiles. Also for striking an opponent with that. I think of Captain America, right? He throws it. (laughs) Some even had spikes, sharp edges, and other offensive designs. So just like I said in the intro, worship is our offensive and defensive weapon to gain an advantage over the enemy and to defend ourselves. Amen? All right, go ahead
0: I think about this show that actually Pablo told us about years ago. This was a show that he watched with his kids. I don't know if he still does, but it piqued our interest, and so we started watching it. And in the context of this conversation about weapons, how many of you have ever heard of that show on the History Channel called Forged in Fire? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> There, we have such a fascination with that show. we well, That's one of those shows that for a while it was like our go-to, and we are just fascinated with this process. For those of you that aren't familiar with that show, what it is, it is a, a reality competition show where there's four bladesmiths that come together, and they go through a series of rounds where they have to make... A workable weapon. And so they start off these four bladesmiths and they say, okay, here's your material. Sometimes they get to choose what they want to use. Other times they say, you've got to use this. And they have a few moments to draw up a plan. And in this first round, they just have to try to meet the specifications of, okay, your blade has to be this length. Um, you know, we, we need it to be this style of blade. And they just do the best that they can to forge that the initial steps of that weapon. And of course, at that point, the judge just look at their four blades that they created and they decide okay you're good you're good yours wasn't the you know the right length or whatever so they go to the next round and the next round now they're working on the handle of this blade and now they're starting to sharpen it now they're starting to grind it and they're starting to make it actually a fully operational weapon because at this point they haven't used it it's just for looks it just looks like a weapon But what's crucial in this show is that the judges, they're also trained in combat where they know how to use these weapons properly to effectively, you know, kill or puncture or, you know, accomplish whatever they want to with that specific weapon. And so in this show, you know, these these judges, sometimes they'll, they'll throw that knife and as soon as it hits that hard metal, it'll shatter or the blade will crack or break or something. And it makes me think about, you know, we can we can, uh, with our worship, with this weapon that we have, doesn't life test our worship at times? Have you ever gone through a season where it was difficult to sing praise the Lord? Whether because you were going through a tragedy or something difficult in your life where you felt like, God, I don't even have the strength or the will to praise you right now. That weapon's tested That weapon is tested. Or maybe you've gone through a season where you've sought God and just like Rob said, you're waiting for a promise or maybe you've gone through and you feel like God has been silent or you're not feeling him and you're not seeing him and you're even questioning the character of God. Your weapon is being tested in that moment. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I have gone through times where the Lord has tested my weapon of worship and it's in those moments where I have had the choice, had the decision as a believer of, will I still praise the Lord in that valley. That weapon is being tested. How many of you have ever had to make that conscious choice in worship? God, I don't feel like raising my hands, but I know that I need to because I need to bring my soul to a place of surrender. Lord, the the flesh is weak, but my spirit is willing. God, help me. (laughs) Help me, Lord, in this moment. Let this weapon be effective. Or I feel like the Lord has asked me, will you still worship me when you don't feel me? Will you still sing when you're hurting? Will you still declare my praise when your prayers aren't being answered and when things don't make sense? You know, just like that show Forged in Fire where their weapons are tested, life has a way of testing our worship. And the question is, is As we walk with the Lord, as we face these challenges or go through these valleys or these difficult times, will worship be something that we lay down and say, no, I can't, I can't do it. (laughs) Well, what's happening is you're laying down a tool, a weapon that actually fights and defends your soul against the enemy, against the ground that he's trying to take. The word of God says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy I don't know about you, but I want to be armed for someone like that coming after me. <laughs> and the weapon of worship was one of those tools. When the enemy's coming after me, when I'm in that valley, I don't want to lay that weapon down. But, oh, Lord, give me grace to still use that weapon. Even when I feel weak. Oh, and isn't it so the Lord where there's at times you feel him lifting up your hands or you feel him strengthen your hand, strengthen your hope, strengthen your worship. Because he doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to keep moving forward. He wants you to keep advancing. Worship is our weapon, and it has very little to do with the sound of our voice, our skill as a musician, or what we look like on the outside. It has everything to do with the heart behind it. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad about that? The Lord, it's, it's a warrior. Do you have a warrior's heart behind that worship? you know i've I've heard some amazing singers over the years. I'm sure you have too, oh, but you can see a difference when someone's singing that warrior cry <laughs> when they're playing with faith, with the anointing, where they know that their worship is making an impact where they're they're fighting they're defending they're using their worship as a weapon there's a difference there's a difference there, and so we as believers, all of us have that tool all of us have the, have the opportunity to use. Worship as a weapon.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking uh, to to actually create that sword, you need to heat it and you need to beat it. You know, and you know it's just like each one of us is, as you're going through a trial. You know, there's heat. You know, you're under fire. You're getting beaten up, and it makes us stronger. Amen. I that's just I saw saw that picture in my mind of that steel going into the forger. You know, which is red hot. And you take that, that steel out, and then you got to beat it. Yeah. You, know, you beat it to, to form that shape. And you have to do it a number of times. You can't just do it one time. It's, it's a number of times. Just like us, we get through trials and tragedies and things that happen in our lives, but it makes us strong. Yeah. It makes us a lot stronger. So praise the Lord. Um, when we were talking about weapons of worship and battles. I, I, I had this picture in my mind of the armor of God. So I was thinking, worship for me is is kind of like putting on this armor. You know, it's a kind of a defensive position. And I brought my guitar out because uh, I, sometimes I think of my guitar and maybe this microphone as a weapon. You know, I come out and, come on, let's go. We're going to worship the Lord tonight. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's sometimes you need that the anointing of the Lord, I feel, is like that armor of, of God. And, you know, let me, let me just read uh, Ephesians six, ten through 17. I think we're going to put it up there. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler's, You know, like I said, my guitar and my microphone is a weapon, and it just allows us to then speak the truth. You know, putting that belt of truth on is speaking the truth. You know, these songs aren't just songs we sing, but it's preaching the gospel. I mean, the words are from the Bible. Most of them are from the Bible, let's put it that way. But we're preaching the word through song, and that's like a flaming arrow to the devil. You know, every time we're singing, the weapon of, let see when we're here. The belt of truth is the word put into song, singing his word from scripture to song with the breastplate of righteousness, protecting our heart. Yeah. Isn't that a great picture? It's just protecting your heart. We declare that he is Lord as we sing and we shout his praise. We put on the shoes of peace. <laughs> Isn't that cool? We put on the shoes of peace and we step out in faith with all confidence that he has put us on this platform and in this congregation to lead and direct people into his presence one step at a time. I like that. Just one step at a time. One of the things that uh, the Lord spoke to me quite a bit through these years is, is he will direct my steps, steps, not leaps, not jumps, but steps. And I, I just pray that over you tonight that he continues to direct your steps. Because as time goes on and you think, I haven't gone anywhere, but then you look back and say, Wow, look what the Lord's done. Look what the Lord has done. Direct your steps. So thank you, Lord, for that. The shield of faith. It goes before us. So there's my picture again. But here's the shield. And I, I think of I think it was one of the Marvel movies where Captain America is there with his shield. And there's just fire coming at him. But you look at him and he's just moving forward. And the fire's just going around him because the shield is protecting him. I don't know what movie that was from, but that's the picture in my head. (laughs) So we're going with it. (laughs) But isn't that cool? It's just think of the shield of faith. And that shield is protecting you. Amen? Fend off all evil that tries to come at us. And then that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit in our hand to stand firm in his anointing, to allow the Holy Spirit to move throughout this congregation. We always pray before we come out for worship, Lord, we cannot do this without you. We cannot do this alone. Lord, we need your anointing. Let it flow from the top of our heads down to our feet. And Lord, let that just anointing flow throughout the congregation. Let the Holy Spirit move. That's always our prayer before we come out. So praise the Lord. Like even tonight, what a, a great worship tonight. Whew, it was powerful. So praise the Lord. You're next. Go ahead.
0: I love something I, I just so appreciate about our church and our pastor is how passionate he is about the Word of God and how passionate he is about worship. And something we often say among our team and we know as leaders is our ultimate Worship leader in the house is Pastor. (laughs) We watch him because he'll sense what God is doing and we follow his lead. But I love that in this house, I feel like there's such a great anointing on worship because of the Word of God that's declared in this house. You know, you think about using a weapon, it's most effective when it's sharpened. And what sharpens our worship? The Word of God. The Word of God. When do you ever have just where you're in the word of God and you're reading it and you're seeing how the Lord is working and moving and scripture where you're just, I feel it just fuels my worship. It fuels my worship and and it just draws me to just be in awe of who the Lord is. And, you know, I'll have times just at, at home, no one's around, just sing to the Lord and, and just bless his name. And God, you're so faithful. And God, I see you doing this. And as I worship, then I think, oh, I want to know him more. And I go back to his scripture. And it's like this this cycle of one fuels the other. Oh, man, if if, if you are a believer that, that loves worship, I would encourage you, love the word and let them sharpen each other. <laughs> let them sharpen each other. You know, for years, uh, when my husband and I were in youth ministry, I came across so many young people that their primary way of connecting with the Lord was through worship. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And I don't know that might be the case for several of you in here where they'd say, I just, I feel closest and my, my greatest point of connection with the Lord is through worship. But sometimes what, what can happen, and I, I recently read this in an article because we're we're always wanting to learn more about worship and worship leading. And I came across this article that talked about there's a generation of people who love and lean and cling to worship so much so that they're neglecting the word of God and their theology is being built on worship music. And that's a danger (laughs) because what sharpens our worship, where is the truth? It's in the word of God. It's in the word of God. And you know, even tonight, just as the Lord was moving in this place and Uh, Just to be open with you tonight, just the Lord dropped that in my spirit. uh, They need to know I'm a way maker. I'm a way maker. And as I begin to sing that out, the Lord will drop scripture into my heart to sing that out. And I just feel like that's him sharpening and working that word deeper working that word deeper. And so oftentimes in worship, you know, as we're, we're singing, we, we try as worship worship leaders, Lord, as we're sensing your anointing, Lord, quicken your word to our hearts because that just sharpens that weapon all the more. Oh, and don't you love it? This has happened to me so many times where I'm reading the word, and I will come across maybe Psalms or something, and it's a song that I learned like years ago. Does that happen to you at all? Or maybe lyrics that I sang in a song and I didn't know it was the word, and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> that's in that one song that I just heard recently or that I know. The word has a way of sharpening our worship. And so if you, and I'll even say this is, I feel like Believers, their weapon of worship worship gets dulled because they forsake the word of God. Worship becomes what I feel and what I think, and it's not based in truth, and that weapon gets worthless. But if you want your weapon to be effective and sharpened, this is the tool to sharpen it. As iron sharpens iron, let the word of God sharpen and bring truth to your worship where it goes beyond feeling, where it goes beyond emotion, and it's God, I am declaring who you are, and he's honored in that and oh, his word does not come back void. Amen. Amen. I'll pass it out. I off was you.
1: I was thinking when you just said that that you know, you could have the, the greatest musician of all time playing in our congregation, but if he doesn't know the word or if he doesn't know God, he's just a clanging symbol right? I mean, one of the greatest things that we we tell our team is it's not about how great or good you can sing, but it's, do you love the Lord? Do you have the Lord in your heart? Do you have a heart to worship the Lord? You know, great voice is awesome, but do you have a heart to worship him? So praise the Lord for that. One of the things I was thinking of, just thinking of the weapon of worship was it requires a team. Uh, I love my personal time of worship at home with just me and my guitar, you know, just playing, singing out, the Lord speaks to me, the Holy Spirit will put nuggets in my head of things, will put promises, and and just that time of worship, you know what I mean, when you're just by yourself. But there is something to say about coming together as a church corporately, just like we did tonight And we were just singing, great are you, Lord. Is there something about it, isn't it? The Lord will move. This is why I wrote, the Lord speaks to me during those quiet times, but when it's something that happens, something happens in the supernatural when his people gather together to sing and shout his praise. Amen. So Isaiah 6 verse 4 says, that when the angels sang, holy, 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 it says, their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Now, I've been, I've been to Israel, and I've seen the foundations, the, the stones. They are huge. I don't know if anybody else has been there. I know Pastor Steve and Carlos, you, we were there together. Do so you remember going down there and looking at the foundations? Those things shook it's awesome praise the lord corporate worship is powerful princess warrior hail hail lion of judah amen oh my goodness (laughs) we need a team of people worshiping together to fend off the enemy we can't and we should not do it alone there's something about coming to church get to church and worship Together, as one body, made up of different parts, but it's one voice. Amen? And it's powerful. Yeah. So I had, I had a few examples that were coming to me. One was Moses. Moses needed a team to hold up his hands during the battle. You remember this one? This is Exodus 17, 9 through 13. It says, Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur, all three of them, went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses's hands, Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone Put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Amen. A great team has a great bench. We have a number of leaders on our team, singers, musicians who are gifted and skilled in making music to the Lord. And we take turns. You see us taking turns tonight. Jen was the main leader, and we had a number of different people, and we rotate people because we need a good bench. You know, you get tired. If you do it day in and day out, you get tired, and you need people. You need a team because they've had rest, and now they're strengthened, and it allows the other people to then rest. So praise the Lord for a great bench. Amen? All right, next one. Joshua needed a team to march around Jericho. This is a great story. Amen. So Joshua six, one through five, it says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. This is even before they started. He said, I've given it to you. Here you go. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets, musical instruments, of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall, I just like saying it like that, a loud shout. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. This is why I like to say, let's give a shout to the Lord after a song. Come on, let's give a shout, because walls come down. Shout, come on, let's do it right now. Let's give a shout to the Lord. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord! Oh, we praise you, God. Because what happens when we shout together? Walls come down chains are broken. Amen? Amen. Oh my goodness. It is so powerful. Enemies are defeated. Enemies are defeated. Praise the Lord. All right. The third one I had in my head was Gideon. I just read this the other day and I thought, wow, this is perfect for our message because Gideon was hiding. This was at a time where Israel was being oppressed. And so Gideon is hiding and the Lord had to basically pull him out from hiding and say, you are a mighty man of valor. What? So it's almost like he had to stir up the gift that was in him because either he forgot or didn't remember or just didn't know it, but the Lord stirred this up inside of him. You are a mighty man. So he needed the Lord to bring him out of hiding and remind him of that gift. God needed him to lead a team. Of mighty warriors to fight a battle against the Midianites. So Gideon initially had a team of what thirty thousand, right? And then they whittled it down, and whittled it down, and whittled it down again until there was only three hundred men. And this is when God said, "This is the right team. This is the team that will defeat the that will win the battle. This is the right team." So Gideon, it was obedient to the Lord and gave him that team, and gave him a great victory that day. So in thinking of, of this story, Gideon was obedient, and his obedience is what gave him that victory. Obedience to following the leading of the Holy Spirit during worship is something that we work on a lot. You know, I, when I get ready for a service just on my own, I always try to listen to the Holy Spirit. What's the Holy Spirit saying? Because uh, he'll, he'll drop nuggets. He'll give me a prayer, a word, a melody, something. And what I've, I've learned over the years is to just be obedient to that and just do it. Sometimes I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't do that. But then I feel after I didn't do it, it's like this weight on my shoulder that said, ah, that was for somebody. Yeah. So it's the obedience. So it's in those moments where we can do spiritual battle against the enemy together so i'm trying to be obedient you know sometimes it's a prayer sometimes it's a song like i said a melody a word but what i really want would love to see is our whole congregation when we get into those moments just like we did tonight when jen was singing out that the whole church is doing that and then this roar of the angels singing holy 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 is just rising up and the foundation shakes and the walls come down. It's, that's the spiritual battles that are happening. And those walls can come down. So that's, that's my prayer, you know, that when we get into those moments when we're singing and we're worshiping and we're just moving with the Holy Spirit, you know, it's easy for us to just play the song and end. But that's not what God wants us to do. It's the weapon of worship. Think of it that way. When we worship, we want to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to move, to speak to us, each and every one of us. He's got a different word for each and every one of us that are in here tonight. Isn't that amazing? He knows us that much. He knows us a little hairs on our head. So he's got a word for each and every one of us. Every time we sing, every time we speak. So take advantage of those moments because he'll speak to you. Amen.
0: When you look at Scripture, Worship through song, through instruments, through the the shout that they give, those shouts of praise. God used that so strategically in battles. You know, he'd send the worshipers out in front, and that would lead to victory. And they they would give that shout, and the walls would come crumbling down, or someone would come out with a prophetic song after they won a battle, and it would just bring honor and praise to the Lord. And so, so often in Scripture— when we see the weapon of worship being used, it was to gain a physical advantage or it was in a physical battle. But now, now with the weapon of worship, it's more so a spiritual battle that we're fighting. It's more so a spiritual battle that we're fighting. It's a, it's a battle for our soul. It's a battle for uh, the, the, the deep transformation that the Lord wants to do in and through us so that his kingdom can advance on this place. Amen? You know, I think about years ago our oldest, when she uh, was young and she was reaching those different milestones of development, Charlie, when she was reaching those different milestones of development, you know, children get to that age... uh, what is it, maybe a year and a half, two years, where they're starting to play with sounds. They're starting to say different words, and different words become different phrases, and then different phrases they're learning how to communicate and how to speak, right? And you watch children develop this ability to communicate. It's kind of that sign of of maturity and development in their life. Well, with our daughter, when it came to hitting those milestones, she wasn't hitting it when it came to speech, And so my husband and I, we are so thankful for just the the resources available where my daughter could go to speech therapy. And I remember my daughter would go and she'd have this one-on-one session with this speech therapist and she would... Try to do different things to strengthen the muscles in her mouth. And, you know, she was overcoming things physically. She was overcoming things cognitively. And so the speech therapist would work with her and, and try to get her to do these different exercises. And I remember just watching her and not really seeing progress, not really seeing my daughter respond to the efforts of this speech therapist. But there was one day that the speech therapist, she pulled out something from her, uh, her, her, like bag of tricks is what I, I often called it. And it was like this light up karaoke machine. And it's similar to this one that I brought right here. And as I turn this on, bear with me because this is literally my daughter's karaoke machine. And so it makes all types of, you know, fun sounds and it's lights. Cool up. sounds. Yeah. We had fun with this earlier it's got today. Cool lights on it too. There we go. But something happened when the speech therapist put the microphone in my daughter's hand and my daughter put the microphone up to her mouth. Can you hear me? Can you you hear out, oh, i got to turn it up. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Help me out, Rob. Check, check, check. check. Why is it on? We were, oh, yeah. it was this side. We were playing with this a lot today. So. <laughs> Something happened when she put that microphone up to her mouth. Go ahead, help me out, Rob. And she couldn't speak yet, but she made a sound, and as she looked at that machine, it it lit up, and the sound came back at her, (laughs) and it's, I saw something spark in my daughter. She had that microphone, I'm turning off, that's okay. She had that microphone, and she put it up to her mouth, and as soon as she spoke into it, and she saw the lights respond, it was the special kind of machine that the speech therapist had, my daughter lit up, and it encouraged her all the more where she kept making sounds. Ba, 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 da, da, ba, 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 in to the microphone. And I just saw it as a breakthrough moment. <laughs> I saw it as a breakthrough moment because not only was my daughter making sound, but she was making it louder and louder and louder. And then from there, the speech therapist said, okay, Charlie, let's say da, da, da. she go, da, da, da. And she could hear it, and she could see the response, and it just sparked something in her. Well, you know, when it comes to worship, so oftentimes the impact, the ground that needs to be taken is in here. You know, for my daughter to make progress, to to develop, she first needed to hear her own voice. When it comes to worship, so often the song that I'm singing, the words that I'm declaring, my soul needs to hear that. Can I get an amen? Amen. My heart needs to hear that. There is ground being taken in my own soul. Yes, the others in the room could hear it, and that was exciting. But something happened in my daughter. Something sparked in her when she could hear her own voice, and it, it filled her with this hope. It filled her with this courage. It filled her with this Can I even say, like, faith rose up in her. I can speak. I can make sounds. It's the same in our worship to the Lord. So oftentimes I've come in this place, and I have felt just a difficulty that I've been experiencing as a believer. And I didn't want to sing, or I felt like I didn't have the strength. Or honestly, I saw the lyrics up on the screen, and I thought, I can't sing that. You know, if I'm going to be honest, I remember I was sitting right over there, probably about where Jen is sitting, a couple years ago, and we sang this song. It was uh, the song To My Knees, and it says, You are all my heart desires till the end of time. And I remember seeing that, and it was in a season of personal heartache where I was really longing for something that I couldn't have, longing for someone <laughs> that I missed greatly. And I remember singing those words, you're all my heart desires. And I thought, Lord, I just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit in that moment. And I realized, Lord, I'm desiring something above you right now. Forgive me. Have you ever had that? In a moment where the Lord will just search your heart, you're singing that song. And I had no expectation. I didn't even realize that the Lord was sifting my heart in that moment. That weapon of worship was calling me to a deeper level of surrender. That weapon of worship was calling me out <laughs> where I had gone astray, where I was wanting and longing and clinging to the hope of something and elevating it above the Lord. And in his grace and in his mercy, there was something happening on the inside where he said, Jen, am I not enough for you? Am I not enough for you? And it's amazing how the Lord can do that in a moment of worship. Well, my daughter, when she she saw that excitement. She had that reaction. We took, we went home and I got her a little karaoke machine and she kept practicing and she kept, she kept singing or, you know, saying different sounds, trying different words, trying different phrases. And we'd go back week after week and she'd show her speech therapist, the progress that she made. You know, there's times in our worship where it's pointing towards us and it's our soul that needs to hear it. But let me tell you, the power of the weapon of worship, it's a testimony to others. Amen? It's a testimony. You know that song we sing tonight, Let Me Tell You About My Jesus. That song is a declaration of who Jesus is, and I want to sing it to build faith in my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? There's times where my declaration of worship is doing something deep on the inside of my soul where the Lord is calling me to a deeper level of transformation and surrender. But there's also a time where it's not about me, it's about my testimony, amen? You know, just like Rob was saying that worship takes a team and there's something powerful about being in the presence of God and an atmosphere that's created in our worship. Where a man, so many times I've come in here and again, I, I maybe found it difficult to worship, but I saw someone across the room lifting their hands and pressing into the Lord and I thought, Lord, I know what they're going through. If they can worship right now, Lord, I can worship right now. Or so many times I've looked at my pastor on the front row and I see him bowing his knee in the presence of God. and I think, Lord, I want to surrender to the Lord in this moment, just like my pastor's doing. God, give me a heart of surrender like that. Your worship is a testimony and brings victory and is a weapon for in the lives of those around you. Your worship is a weapon that is gaining ground, not only for your own soul, but in the souls of others. Amen? Yeah. There's nothing more powerful than knowing that someone is going through a dark valley or a difficult time and seeing them with tears streaming down their face, still worshiping and exalting the Lord. I want to be that kind of believer where my weapon of worship is not just about the ground that's being taken in my soul, but I'm taking ground for other believers, amen? Oh, Lord, it's not not about me, but Lord, let my worship be a testimony. The inward the inward impact the outward impact and you know I just I just want to close with this we're going to have a few minutes to worship here but i think lord not only is my worship just an opportunity to fight and overcome and take ground in my own heart not only is it a testimony to others or even just a testimony in the enemy's face just oh do you ever do that where you just sing the name of Jesus I'm just going to sing his name it says even the enemy he, they shudder <laughs> they shudder at the, at the sound of his name I'm just going to sing his name in my house I'm going to sing his name over my kids rooms I'm going to sing his name in my coming and my going even the enemy hears that and that's just taking ground for the kingdom of God But oh, those times of worship where it's not about something that's going on in my life. It's not about the people around me. But it's just for my Savior. Oh, it's going down. That's okay. Or whether I'm in a public setting, I'm in church, or I'm at home, and I just sing to my Savior. Oh, Lord, even that is a weapon. Because what it's doing is it's deepening our devotion. It's deepening our intimacy and our closeness with our Father. It's incredible how the Lord, he's given us this opportunity to worship him and all that can be accomplished for his kingdom within our hearts in the church. But Lord, what makes my worship most Impacting and most effective is my heart and my faith, and then it's all for you, Jesus. So, we didn't want tonight to go by where we talk about worship and we don't give you a chance to respond, but I just want to leave you with this go ahead and stand to your feet. How is your weapon of worship tonight? Is it being used? Is it sharp? Is it being effective to gain ground and victory inward and outward? Our worship can gain an advantage. And it can be the greatest defense for our soul. So Rob's going to lead us in worship in these last few moments. And I'll may this weapon just be sharpened in his presence tonight. Bye.